with today being a, a day of praying, a day for praying for the persecuted church around the world, I wanted to share with you a message from God's Word concerning persecution. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of First Peter. We're going to be in chapter 4 today. God's Word is not silent on this topic of persecution and suffering for Christ, and it was something that has been common throughout history for believers. Uh, it has much to say, and it is helpful for us today uh, in multiple ways. So I'm going to read through the text and then pray for us. First Peter chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 12 through 14 today. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if, something were un, if, as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when His glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rest on you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you hear our prayers and the prayers of other believers around the globe today that are praying for our persecuted brothers. And pray that you will uh, open our eyes to the reality that takes place around the world, and you'll also prepare our hearts and minds concerning the possibility of persecution uh, as we look at this text today. We love you, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I've titled my sermon today, Suffering for Jesus. One of the things I do want to point out and address before we get into this detail is this is not something we have experienced in America like many believers throughout history and like many believers throughout the world today still face. And that may change at some point in time. There are people who say that, it, that, that it's coming, uh, and that may be a reality. We see that culture has certainly here become more critical of Christianity and Christians over the years, but I feel like that's often tied to more than just our faith in Christ. Uh, it's tied to other things that are going on in our society uh, that connects to, uh, to that. And that's what leads to a lot of the critical stance that we may be seeing. But it is a reality that this is something that we could face at some point in time. Uh, so as we work through this text, I, I want us to think about it in two ways. I want us to think in it, of it in a way of preparing our hearts and minds for the reality that this may be something we would face as a believer in Christ because it's something that so many believers have faced and do face. Uh, but I also want us to think of it in terms of how can we uh, pray for and how can we care for believers who are currently facing persecution because there are many, many believers who uh, are suffering greatly today 
uh, because of their faith in Christ. Or they face the threat of that and they have to uh, live their life in secret in a sense and, and worship God in secret uh, in order to avoid this type of persecution. So we'll be thinking of it in those two ways. How to prepare ourselves uh, should that day come for us, but also praying and caring for believers who currently uh, face that. So, as we work through this text, we're going to look at it. Uh, there's multiple things just in these three verses about suffering for Jesus that I think are helpful for us today. Uh, the first point that I want to, to point out is this. Suffering for Jesus is not uncommon. Suffering for Jesus is not uncommon. Let's look back at First Peter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Peter instructing uh, the believers in this letter don't be surprised. Don't be shocked when you are going to face persecution. He calls it here a, the fiery trial that is being used to test you. Don't be surprised by that. Uh, don't think of it as something that's unusual, something that is, some of your translations may, something that is strange. Don't think of persecution like that. Peter is giving uh, the believers that instruction in this letter because being persecuted for the faith was common at this time. It was the normal thing that happened to believers. Uh, they faced persecution from all types of directions in their lives. From, uh, you know, if they were Jews who had converted to Christianity, who had become followers of Christ, they faced persecution from, uh, from the Jews. Uh, there, were, there was persecution from pagan Gentiles who had other, worshipped other gods and they persecuted the Christians for this. Uh, they would face persecution. There are accounts of the government using Christians, uh, the Roman government using Christians as the scapegoat and the problems in society and then allowing for and dictating persecution against Christians. It was not an uncommon thing. And it's hard for us to think like that because it's so uncommon for us today. But Peter says, don't think it's strange. Don't think this is an odd thing like this doesn't happen. It is a normal thing for a follower of Christ who is living in obedience to Jesus to suffer persecution for that. And so the reality, of course, is uh, if you got to look at the maps, and if you didn't, you can walk by on your way out. If you got to look at the maps, there are large sections of our world that that is still the reality for believers today. That they are suffering because of their faith in Jesus alone. Uh, they are suffering greatly. So we don't see it as normal, but the reality is suffering for Jesus is not an uncommon Thing. It shouldn't be a surprise. And Christians should recognize that and shouldn't be surprised by it because Jesus told us that that's the reality. Uh, look at what Jesus said in the Gospel of John, 
and verse 15, I'm sorry, chapter 15, verses 18 through 20, Jesus speaking to his disciples, If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of this world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of this world, because I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. And then later on uh, in chapter 16, Jesus clarifies why he is saying these things. And in verse 33, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Jesus told the disciples, it will happen to you. Be prepared for this reality. It is not going to be an uncommon thing because if they persecuted me, surely those who follow me will also be hated by the world and persecuted by the world. And then he clarifies, I have called you out of the world. And that's why the world will do this. You are not part of the world. You've been called out by me. And because of that reality and your connection to me, you will face persecution. Jesus instructed the disciples, and that still applies to the church today, that there is the reality that as we are called out by Christ and as we live in obedience to Jesus and live out our faith, there is the possibility that we would face persecution. So church, for us, it is important that we remember this, uh, that we recognize that this is the reality, that we could face persecution for, for following Jesus. And so it, by reminding ourselves of this reality, and Scripture speaks about this in lots of places, there's instruction of, this is how to live. This is how to respond in, uh, in light of affliction for being a believer. It's important that we remember that. Uh, because if the day comes, we need to remember, okay, this isn't abnormal. This is a common thing that has happened to believers around the world throughout the history of the church. It's a normal So let's remember that for ourselves, but also, as I said, I want us to also think about the brothers and sisters in Christ who currently live this life, who currently face threats to life and liberty. And so for us, I want us to also pray for them. uh, And if possible, find ways to support them if you are able to. uh, Pray for persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ around the globe, because they are living in this reality that it is not uncommon to suffer because of their faith in Jesus. The next point that we see from this text in 1 Peter is this. Suffering for Jesus is an opportunity for rejoicing. Suffering for Jesus is an opportunity for rejoicing. 1 Peter 4, verse 13, Instead, rejoice 
as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when His glory is revealed. Suffering for Jesus is an opportunity for rejoicing. Now that doesn't seem like the appropriate response to suffering, right? Suffering you don't think of as this is now an opportunity for me to find great joy, for me to rejoice. That doesn't seem natural, and it's not natural. Honestly, from a human standpoint, this would not be the natural response. But God's Word here says that this is an opportunity for you to rejoice. Not rejoice in the persecution itself, but rejoice in our Savior. Rejoice in our connection to our Savior. That's why someone can, and that's why someone would choose to rejoice if they're suffering for Jesus. It's because of Him that they would find joy. It's because of their connection to Him that they can say, I, I can endure this because of my Savior when we, this, the verse here in First Peter clarifies, uh, when he says, instead, so he's giving them the alternative. He says, you know, I don't want you to be surprised. And so here's what you should do. Instead of being surprised and acting like this is not uh, normal for you, then I want you to rejoice. That's the alternative to being surprised that you face persecution. Rejoice in the persecution. And he says, so that, or rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ. So the reason that you would uh, rejoice here is because you are connected to Jesus. There is a special bond that believers who suffer for Jesus, it connects them to Christ in a special way. Uh, It makes them understand Him more and experience Him more fully. And Paul talks about that in his letters, about uh, wanting to experience all of Christ, including the suffering that takes place, uh, as a way for him to know and appreciate and love Jesus even more. And so Peter here is saying, you are sharing in the sufferings that Jesus Uh, endured on your behalf and so you can rejoice and then he says there's there's more rejoicing to come so he reminds them so rejoice now but think of the joy that you will have when christ returns at his second coming when his glory is fully revealed and we finally see our savior face to face he says think of the rejoicing that's going to take place that day And so he says, if you are suffering now because of your connection to Christ, rejoice because there will be great joy when our Savior finally returns and you see Him face to face. There will not be a persecuted brother and sister in Christ who sees Jesus returning and thinks, you know, I don't think it was worth it. That won't happen at all there will be overflowing joy of there's my savior he's why i endured it he was worth it all along and so peter's saying rejoice you can rejoice because there will be so much joy when you see jesus and you experience him fully 
when he returns. Look at this account from the book of Acts about the apostles. Uh, They faced persecution and mistreatment at the start of the church. Jewish leaders wanting to stop them. Uh, And some of the apostles were arrested and they were put on trial by the Jewish courts and the apostles. They were trying to decide, what do we do with them? How can we put an end to this so that they'll stop talking about Jesus? In Acts chapter 5, verse 40, we see this. uh, After there was much debate of how do we respond and stop them, After they called in the apostles and had them flogged, they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and released them. Then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin. Listen to this. They went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name. Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The apostles on trial are beaten by the courts and told, stop telling people about Jesus as a threat. It's it's only going to get worse for you if you don't stop talking about Jesus And they rejoiced. They said, what a joy it is to be counted worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus. They rejoiced. That was their response because they viewed Jesus as the greatest treasure. And so to be so connected to Him that they would suffer for His sake, they found joy in that. And it didn't stop them. It says they continued Every single day sharing the good news that Jesus is the promised Messiah. Jesus is the answer that you've been looking for. It didn't stop them. It caused them to share the truth even more. They were rejoicing in that. So church, for us, let's remember to continue to pursue joy in Jesus. If you remember, we talked about this in uh, in Philippians as we worked our way through it. There was... Oftentimes, Paul was giving these instructions, rejoice in the Lord, find joy in Jesus. And so for us, I want us to continue to pursue joy in Him, not happiness in our circumstances. Paul taught us about that in the letter to Philippians. uh, We can still find joy in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, even if we're enduring horrible circumstances. So let's continue to pursue joy in Jesus, not happiness in our circumstances. And then for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing persecution, let's pray for persecuted Christians. Uh, Let's pray that they would find joy in their connection to Jesus as a way to combat discouragement and fear in their lives and as a way for them to show their boldness that Jesus really is Worth it. Let's pray those things for them. Because rejoicing in the Lord is a way to guard us 
from this, uh, from discouragement, from fear, from hopelessness, we can say, even if this is happening, I still have my Savior. The third point from this text back in 1 Peter Verse 14 is this, suffering for Jesus is a blessing. Suffering for Jesus is a blessing. First Peter 14, if you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you were blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. The last truth that we see about suffering for Jesus is that this is a blessing for individuals who endure suffering for Christ. And that's another one of those things that doesn't seem to fit. You wouldn't think of cursing and ridicule and persecution as a blessing. It seems like something horrible that you're that you're having to endure, but God's word says it is a blessing. And so it's not a blessing because the circumstance is a blessing, it's a blessing because you were blessed by God. In this and through this, and Peter clarifies why it's a blessing. He says in verse 14, You were blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. It's a blessing because you have God's Spirit. So in once it's, it's an assurance to you. You've got the Spirit of God with you. You truly are one of God's Children, that's why this is a blessing. Because you can see that the only reason I would be enduring this suffering for Christ is because I'm truly one of God's children. So we have God's Spirit. That's the blessing. In addition to that, that's a reminder. The reason that's a blessing is it's a reminder that we're not alone. Right? When you suffer in this world, whether it's from persecution or just the other suffering that comes from living in a broken world, sometimes the uh, temptation would be to believe God doesn't care about me. God must not love me if He would allow me to endure such a horrible thing. And this is a reminder. No, God's with you. You have the Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit living in you, constantly with you as you face this. And what a, what a comfort to know. Like Sometimes I may feel alone as I'm facing this horrible thing, but I have the promise that God's right there with me. That is a blessing. Jesus spoke like this about persecution in His name. And for followers, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, at the end of the Beatitudes section, we see this, Matthew 5, starting in verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, for your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are blessed when you're persecuted. That doesn't make sense, but that's the reality for Christians facing persecution. You are blessed. You can be glad and rejoice 
because your reward is great in heaven. There is a heavenly reward, and that is a blessing to hold on to. That is a a promise to hold on to, that even as I suffer this thing, I have the promise of an eternal reward that will be great. So we can rejoice in persecution for our faith. Uh, in Jesus, because we know we are truly God's child, we have God with us, and we have a heavenly reward that is waiting for us as we continue to live faithfully for Him. No matter what we suffer here, we can hold on to those promises. So church, let's remember that. Let's remember that God will never leave us. We need that day in and day out. We need that as we open our eyes. We need to have that reminder. God's with me. He will never leave me because I am His child. I always will have God with me. We need that to help us face the day. And we certainly need to remember that should we ever have a day where we face persecution for following Christ. We need to remember that God will not abandon us because that will help us endure. And in addition to that, let's pray for persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ that they would truly have a sense of God's presence. Like we said, when you are suffering, when life is hard, you feel isolated and alone. And sometimes that means you feel like your God is far away from you. And so we, let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are being persecuted, that they would have this special sense of the Spirit of God in their life, working in their lives, caring for them, comforting them, and using them uh, in mighty ways to advance the gospel even though they are suffering. Pray for the nearness of God, to be real to them. Church, it's good for us to remember these truths about suffering for Jesus. It's good for us to remember that suffering for Jesus is not uncommon, uh, that it is an opportunity for rejoicing, even though everything in our mind and our hearts would say it's not. And it's good for us to remember that this is a blessing because it would be a reminder to us that we are truly children of God. And then let's also remember that there are brothers and sisters who are currently enduring horrible things just for their faith in Christ. Let's pray for them often when you're reminded of that reality. And if there's a way for you to support, there are lots of organizations. Voice of the Martyrs is just one of them. There are others, Open Doors and and other organizations that you can easily learn about that are supporting and caring for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. So pray and, and if able, care for and support them as they endure it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Help us today. Help us, one, recognize how blessed we have been to uh, not suffer the kind of persecution that so many believers have suffered throughout history and are still suffering today in other parts of the world. We thank you for that. 
But we do want to prepare our hearts and minds should the day come that we would be faithful no matter what we faced and that you would use our faithfulness in those times to point more people to Christ. God, we lift up brothers and sisters who are suffering today. Please care for them. Please comfort them. Please help them know that you are near and you have not abandoned them. Give them wisdom. Give them strength. And use them and their faithfulness in a mighty way to advance the gospel. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.